Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to episode 67. Look, Manny, it looks like an intimate podcast for you and I today. Yes, this is the podcast before parade. Uh, as soon as we get done this podcast, uh, Robert uh, packs up all these microphones and all this equipment, and we put it into a case, and then we ship it out to uh, Palm Springs, California, where we're going to record, I'm hoping, two podcasts. That'd be awesome. Uh, with some guests, and uh, we're going to do a lot. We're going to have um, Tech Tactics Live. Uh, we're going to have on, on Thursday and uh, actually Wednesday, we're going to have Alvin Springer, and we have one on Thursday uh, with uh, Nathan Murs, and then we have uh, again on Friday, which is actually a tech day at, uh, at Parade, so it's going to be insanely busy. Um, and this is the first time where we've had Robert for like the full time at Parade to be able to capture all this, right? No, he was at Pocono. Did he capture on Friday too? Oh, that's right. He was there because he, yeah. he had the big rig. Set up, yeah. So it's um, it's gonna be a blur. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of folks can't wait to see everyone from the the West Coast. Um, yeah. Uh, this has been actually one of the shortest times we've had in between podcasts because we were just sitting here with Alex. Um, and just a quick date update on that. Uh, after our podcast with Alex, he still had the strength. To do the do the tour down in DC with us, which we got done recording around ten thirty, maybe 11, 11, 11, 11. o'clock, and then uh, he wanted to see DC. This just shows you how this poor guy who travels the world for Porsche, and when you travel stuff, I would say with PCA, you don't really sightsee. No, and uh, all the places he's been, he's never been to Washington DC, so he really wanted to see Washington. So we took him at midnight. We were inside the Lincoln Memorial, and uh, I, I got to say it was kind of funny because we climb up the. The Lincoln Memorial go inside, and he stops and he says, "So this is the office of Nancy Pelosi." <laughs> and I thought he was joking. And I said, "Yeah, right." And he he's very serious. I said, "Oh, you're serious?" I said, "No." I said, "This is this is just a memorial. This is the Lincoln Memorial." And I said, uh, "Her office." I turned him around and I said, "Look at the Washington Monument." I said, "Now look around the Washington Monument. That dome is Congress." I said, "That's Capitol. That's where the, all the offices are. The politicians." And, so he was orienting. I said, I guess he saw stairs. Yeah. And he thought uh, this is uh, where the offices are. So, yeah, he had a great time. Uh, and I think it was cool for me. I don't think I've ever seen D.C. at midnight. Me neither. At least the monuments. Uh, even your wife, Loanne, we were both having a hard time uh, orienting ourselves in the dark of where everything was. Because, you know, you're used to seeing it at daytime. And you can look across the National Mall and say, okay, there's the air and space, there's uh, the art museum, and you know where you are. But at night, when it's everything's dark, the thing that really shocked me was the White House. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't really snap a photo of that because it was completely dark, except for the American flag on top of the White House lit up. It was uh, it was like the, uh, some aliens just zapped it out of its I place. Didn't, I didn't know there was a light switch to turn off the front lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, nothing. That was really, you couldn't even see a guard check. Like, nope. it, was, it was really, really. Uh, but wasn't it cool? Like, dark. there was no traffic. We could park anywhere. It was very safe. We walked, super uh, we walked around. Safe. And, uh, it, was, yeah. um, it was a cool moment for me when we walked uh, down the, the walkway at the Vietnam Memorial. I've been there before during the day uh, with I lots of people. I got a picture people. of you reflecting. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think oh, Robert yeah. Robert my heart was. 
Oh, that was tugging at my heart seeing all those names on the wall. So anyways, uh, it was, it was a very yeah, cool experience. Oh, there I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just all those names, uh, all the people that gave, gave it up for us. So. That's my favorite, uh, monument. I think because of the fact it's so subtle mm-hmm. and it's built into the uh, earth. And when you first, you don't see it as you're driving by, like somebody else, like World War II monument. That's yeah. glorious. You know, yeah. where the Vietnam Memorial goes. And I think that was by design. Very how so- they did so- that. solemn. Yeah. Yeah, very well done. All right, so before I get into PEC Atlanta and the auction and stuff, maybe you can give us a quick update on on what you did. Well, I think what a lot of people did on Saturday, um, that's when um, I, you know the birthday for Porsche the, the, uh, was June eighth. That's when they first registered three fifty six one. They got their registration papers, licensing. Um, but Saturday was a chosen date where all the dealers and uh, they really hooked up with the PCA regions to uh, celebrate Porsche 75th. And, you know, I looked around Facebook and there was tons of pictures of mm-hmm. regions who everybody did something to uh, celebrate. And uh, we were lucky in Maryland. The weather was just absolutely beautiful. And we uh, uh, we celebrated by um, going to our Cars and Coffee location. And, and kudos to Will Williams, who kind of runs, well, he would not kind of, he does run <laughs> Hunt Valley Horsepower and Cars and Coffee. He uh, he does it by himself. He has no help. And uh, he helped direct the uh, P- the PCA volunteers. And uh, apologies to all the other uh, marks who go to the Cars and Coffee, because we took a big chunk of uh, real estate to park over uh, 50 display cars, and I think over 100 cars all plus another 100 Porsches that weren't part of the display. Wow. And uh, everyone seemed pretty cool. I didn't see anybody yelling or anything, the fact that we took so much space up. Uh, but from there, we uh, had a police escort about a mile down the road to the dealership. And the dealer had parking set up for our special display and everyone else, and they had food, beer, Lamar playing on the big screens, 959 Carrera GTs, uh, Turbo S Lockball, uh, really nice display. And uh, I saw the same thing throughout uh, Facebook on different uh, regions around the country. They had the same thing. They had special cars and, uh, and Milwaukee's on the screen right now. Um, just everyone just I think the common theme was uh, it's the people and the cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. Just uh, and the and the colors. The kudos, kudos to Porsche Cars North America and all the area uh, representatives and coordinating you know, the celebration. Uh, one of the things that I noticed in a lot of the photos that people have shown is at PECLA, I noticed this like um, beautifully color, random colored uh, Taycan. And as people posted photos of the events at their own dealerships, they must have gotten that that wrap pattern to all of the dealers because there were so many of the same exact car at all these different uh, dealer yeah, celebrations. That's funny because Hunt Valley didn't have their car. Oh, they didn't have that one wrapped? Yeah. So I saw um, a, a number of them online. So, yeah, uh, the big celebration, and obviously it continued uh, at PCLA. I'm sorry, PCLA and Atlanta. I landed in Atlanta. Ooh, man, we 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 got to bed around three in the morning on Thursday night, and my flight was at six. So I think I closed my eyes for like an hour and got to the airport and landed at PEC Atlanta around eight. And quickly went over to just kind of see um, all the cars uh, for the auction, uh, the Broad Arrow 75th uh, Porsche anniversary auction. And preview day was packed. 
um, you know, almost shoulder to shoulder walking through the building to look at all the cars. They had the cars parked in the upper lot. They had it in the lobby. Uh, thankfully, I get in, got in early so I could get some photos without the crowd. It didn't really start till the event didn't start till 11 o'clock, I believe. We were there early, um, got to, of course, uh, see the Classic Club Coupe and where it was parked. And uh, I, I hung around the Classic Club Coupe most of the day just to share with all the attendees, sort of the, you know, all the details of the car. And it was, it was sort of a, a way to say our, our last goodbyes, um, you know, as, as the next day would be when we find out uh, who its new caretaker would be. But uh, it was, you know, it was pretty cool to see all the people there on Friday checking things out. Uh, I got to sit in that Coca-Cola 962, Lee's uh, 962. That was pretty cool. You fit in it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's very narrow, the seats. I guess they can be adjusted. So uh, it's uh, actually very roomy. Well, tons of legroom, right? Obviously, it's it's a huge car, but the cockpit itself, you, you definitely, there is a process to get into it. You step into, uh, you put your foot on the seat because you don't want to put it on the, any of the body panels. And then you just kind of slide your body in. Getting in is the easier part of it. Getting out of it is a little bit harder. Scuff the door sill. You don't want to scuff the, the door sill or dent like it two or something. Feet wide, I think. It is very wide. And it was kind of a weird feeling. If you've ever seen this car in person, it is a big vehicle. It's a big vehicle, but the cockpit area is kind of tight. And then your leg extends into what's, you know, into this dark hole and you realize your feet are on the axis of the front wheels. Yeah, and but you're inside the monocoque. Yes. The 917, you're just wide open, but the yeah. 962, the monocoque. But it still felt very weird. And like, I mean, oh, and you sit on the right side. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why you sat on the right side. Did because there's the more more right. Yeah, exactly. I learned I learned that bit. He's like, yeah, because you on, on the ratio, you have more of the, the right hand apex is there. And so first one I got to sit in was uh, the um, broom of 962. Mm. And I, uh, you know, Hurley showed me how to get inside of it. And I sat down. I'm like, wow. I said, I, I fit in here pretty comfortably. Yeah. And he leans in and he goes, hey, that's AG Foyt seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, congratulations to Lee for getting that sold. Um, he, he had an awesome plan B. If it wasn't going to sell, then he would uh, just take it to run sport and drive it and continue to have fun he with it. He probably made someone very happy because I probably made an opening at run sport. I think so. And someone else could bring their 962. Imagine having a 962 and being told no. Yeah. Uh, we don't have room for you at, yeah. uh, at run sport. So what do you think the running cost of a 962 is? Per hour? Um, per... Oh shoot! I don't know if he said per hour or per day. That makes a big difference. It's a lot. Five figures. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Five figures. Yeah. And the thing is that I mean, Porsche car North America um, in California, they still rebuild the engines. And I think Alwyn Springer, who was there back in the nine sixty two days in the U.S., he still oversees every engine that's rebuilt. So mm. number one, it's cool that uh, the factory is still supporting that car. And secondly, that the guy who was there when they were glorious in their uh, racing years is still the one overseeing the, uh, the the rebuilding of them. So the 962 has him, how many places to put fuel in? Well, it's got to be more than two, though, since you're asking me that question. Oh, it's more than two. one, so it's two. It is okay. two. Um, and Why is it? I guess from both sides? Well, because some pits are on one side. Yeah. Some, like, uh, And here's a bit of trivia. 
Uh, I, I don't think they've changed this, but um, Watkins Glen was the only place NASCAR had to relocate their fuel mm. uh, because it was on the the pits were on the opposite side of what the, the way they came in. Mm-hmm. It was on the inside, and uh, Daytona is on the inside too, but they're entering it from the, the different um, side. So, yeah, mm. People Watkins Glen told me that. A funny thing for, for Lee and the 962 is uh, after they race, they basically take all the fuel out of the car, which makes sense. But now it's at the auction and it needs to run. You need to find fuel for it. So he had to run and get a jug of, you know, a jug of, um, I guess, race fuel from somewhere, um, which he did. And then when he got there, it's like, now which side do you put it in? Are they both connected? Or? It's not like a gas cap. you got to have that, that <laughs> yes. pressure, not pressure release, but you got to have that quick release the yeah. adapter. The adapter and everything. Jug. Yep. Life with a race car. (laughs) But he got it done, and it sounded glorious. And uh, Bob Aiken was there uh, at the auction. The sun. Yes. Uh, Talking about the car. And, uh, yeah, it. uh, I think it went for like 1.1 or something, 1.12. So he did well. Uh, Anyways, so uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, nerves are sort of kicking in. Uh, We were a lot like 2.32 or 2.42 or something like that. And uh, like other auctions, they, they kind of kick off the um, the day with a bunch of memorabilia. Um, as I, I mentioned to some of the others here, like when I registered, I just registered to be in attendance, but uh, I actually ended up getting a bidder's paddle number. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought it was cool. And then during the memorabilia, there was some stuff that was like I thought I could possibly go home with something. And uh, Loanne was there, and I was telling Loanne, I was like, all right, so like, there's this one um, Porsche design compass watch. I think it belonged to Dick Barber. And so you, the face pops up, and you have a compass. And so I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's at least, I could probably do that for like maybe you know, 2000 or something like that. That'd be cool. Opens up, 3000 And it's like, uh, uh, automatically, I'm out of the game. <laughs> and, I, and so many times during the memorabilia auction, I was uh, leaning over to Loane and saying, yep, I'm out of it already. I'm out of it already. But yeah. How soon did they uh, open up the bar so the Liquid Courage could uh, so this help is, movers along? This is what I found interesting, and I don't attend enough auctions to know, but I do remember some auctions I've been to, um, you know, they it's you have to get your own beer or, or wine or whatever. Well, well, There's other auctions. Yeah, that, the auctions we've been to, we haven't been bidders. Normally, if, that's you're, true. if you're like, have the bidder thing, they'll give you uh, you, you know, but I don't, I, I, maybe it was a PEC Atlanta thing, but I don't recall people just being able to walk up because they, they were asking for tickets from everybody, not just, wow. not just from me. I, they got to learn, know. they got to learn from the casino industry. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, <laughs> let, let that liquid courage, courage flow. Um, there was about 400, 450 people, uh, especially when it got to time for the cars to go through. Um, there was pretty much standing room only. And uh, they did a nice, I don't know if we have photos of it, but they did like a nice runway, so to speak, for the cars to come up across and uh, sit in front of the stage. And the very first car that led the auction was one that I think all of us really loved was the, um, the uh, early Boxster. Oh, yeah, the 97 yeah, low and it, miles. And it did what I think reasonable money. I think I would have been out um, at 40. Um, it hammered at 37.5, I think. So plus a, uh, you know. The How sub- many miles? It had really, really crazy low miles. It had like 1,200 miles. So for uh, 37,000, 40,000, you're getting essentially a new Porsche. A new Porsche, yeah. 
That's not bad. That's what I said. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said before, I, I would drive it. So one of the, the interesting things is, you know, people always talk about, you know, auctions as being a, a high end thing. Right. So for this auction, do you know what the span was in terms of pricing for the cars? Well, I think the 904 was the highest. Yep. The 904 was the highest at 2.3 million. So what was the lowest car? The lowest car was a 1990 S2 cab, which was very good looking in person. That was a black one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 23.5. How many so, miles did you see? Miles uh, I don't. There? I don't remember the miles. Um, so a, a couple. Just if you remember back, a couple of cars that we thought that were really nice. Remember that green nine forty four coupe mm-hmm. eighty seven. Again, in person was also nice, and it had that super light colored interior that was clean, clean, clean. That went for twenty seven five. The uh, RS sixty Spider, which we also liked, also had a hard top that went for twenty seven five. I thought that was a steal. That's a very good buy. I thought that was a steal. Um, and I think that was fairly early on. Um, the GT3 Cup, which you know I was going after, that went for 60. What were you going to do with that? BDE King. Hello. <laughs> See, the problem with that is if you're not the fastest, oh, yeah, everyone's gunning laugh for you, you so yeah. they can say they beat, they beat the Cup car. Yeah. Um, the 86 911 Turbo Look Cab, which in person you know not because i'm trying to pump up the value of my own car but i think my car is nicer um this one went for about 90 or it went for 90 and let's see yes the uh the um the 904 2.3 that's so cool um the car that didn't sell was the uh the 910 i was surprised that was the same 910 that was at uh, works was it uh, i don't know if it was the it same wasn't one the, wasn't zero zero one I don't know. I don't know. Um, Carrera GT went for 1.3. And, of course, the Classic Club Coupe went for a record-breaking, shattering, new level, new ceiling for a 996. And I think it's also, I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure that's also a record even for a 997. Really? Because I looked up the price of uh, a Sport Classic and a GT3 RS 4.0. Yeah. And none of them have eclipsed a million. So. Yeah. 1.2 plus buyer's premium. I think a 996 oh. is more valuable right now than a 997. Can I? For the classic look group. And it, it's my, obviously my phone, you know, blew up after the, the sale, but going up to, you know, watching each car as it, as it got closer and closer to our car. It's amazing how people do this on a regular basis. I wish they would have broadcast. When they were going to show it streaming I know, live. I I didn't know, know they were going to stream it live. Otherwise, we were all at the dealer, you know. I'm sure the dealer put it on, put it on the big TV or something. Yeah, exactly. Switched it over to watch oh. the auction. Um, but it was so nerve wracking as it got closer to the car, um, coming across the block. You know, they said, "Hey, do you mind? Do you mind just saying a couple of words?" I'm like, "Oh yeah," uh, and just introduce Grant. I'm like, "Oh God!" Like that's a you don't understand. Like, you know, I'm not a quiet person. But that's a big responsibility to open up something this big, represent PCA, represent Porsche, don't Did flub. You Google Grant Larson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good thing I know him well enough that I didn't have to do anything like that. I kept it pretty simple. Well, he, can't, he doesn't like being known just for the box. Exactly. And I, and I didn't introduce him as that. Um, and, and you, you, 
you only have in in our case this this block of time for the auction for our car ended up being eight minutes and it was the longest eight minutes of my life um my little intro was not even 30 seconds if that but it's a big deal to get that right and and what i felt important was to convey to the audience how important this car was to us and to to pcna and to, to porsche classic and then we turned it over to or i turned it over to grant and uh um, you know, he went on the details about the car. So the auction opens at 300 and we thought it would be interesting. And I think, uh, Todd Benz, our, uh, national secretary, he was serious. He opened the bid at 300. So it was kind of cool to open the bid, uh, with the folks that were, uh, at the front of, front of the room. And then uh, it was kind of quiet. Like, I think, I don't know. Everybody, I guess, knows that this car was just going to go for big money. So not everybody's in the game, right? So it's kind of quiet. So, you know, we get a bid and then it goes to 500 and then it's kind of quiet again. And, and Grant leans over to me and he's like, should I, should I say like, I'll sign it? I'm like, no, Grant, we just got to let the auction process do its thing and, and, and just smile and wave and, and clap when people bid. And then it made a jump to like 800. 900 and now now i'm in my head i'm like you know this is this is heading towards record-setting territory for a 996 and then about uh, 900 i think it already was yeah exactly and then there was a gentleman in the room um or someone representing a gentleman but but the bid was in the room uh at one one million and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe we got to a million got to one and then you would think 1.1 would be the next one but then we got a phone phone in bidder. Um, I can't, you know. Well, we're gonna keep it anonymous until they're comfortable with us uh, letting people know who it is. But they they basically dropped the mic and said 1.2, <laughs> and then everybody was just like everyone just went oh, 1.2 million sold. <laughs> I think it was a a very good buy. Yeah, um, it sounds like a, it is a lot of money, but in in perspective. Um, there's no other, no other car like that. No, nope. one I, of one. And I highly uh, believe that uh, there will never be anyone who copies it uh, because it costs so much to make. And I think uh, it will remain a one of one. Uh, whereas all these other cars, there's always more than one version sure. of this car. So, um, yeah, I think if you if you wanted to have a very unique car that was factory built, yeah, wasn't a shop that did this. It was factory built. This is more exclusive than any singer. Just it is. point blank. It's, and and uh, you yeah. have you have you know the blessing from the factory, all the workers. We talked about how it's the inspiration for Porsche Classic uh, in their facilities. Um, I do believe the winner of the car has a new Sport Classic, and getting a 2010 Sport Classic, I wouldn't say is. Well, they made 250 of them. It's so. possible. It's possible, right? So this person could possibly put t- the trilogy together. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it was very well bought. It's uh, depending how uh, what type of owner you are, it, you will be very um, popular as far as people asking you to bring this car because mm-hmm. if you want to see a special car, um, those of you who've got to see it in person consider yourself lucky mm-hmm. because if it doesn't go out in public very often then um you know you'll be you'll, you'll read about it in articles but you may not see it as often as you did this past year when we had it yeah you, you definitely won't see it as often but my my hunch is that we 
if we need to see the car, we will be able to see the car again um, with the, the new owner and how supportive they are of, of PCA. I'm just super excited. It's going to a fantastic home. It's going to a home where the classic club coupe will sit with other Porsche icons. So it's going to be cool. All right. What else do we want to get into, Manny? Are we going? Oh, so we were, let me, let me say we wrapped up uh, that day, soup, you know, celebrations and such. And then, um, Le Mans was in the background. So Sunday morning, we walked over to the PEC and, uh, thankfully Michelle, uh, and the crew there left the, uh, the big screen on so we could watch the final of Le Mans, uh, with a little bit of Uber Eats from Dunkin' Donuts. We sat down and, Man, it was uh, it was tough to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, kudos to those who had or the Motor Trend TV. Uh, they made it easy for me because it was uh, part of my cable package, so I got to watch uh, a whole lot of Le Mans. Um, and uh, yeah, I should I should have known better because I did write an article that whose title was "A Slim Chance to Win." <laughs> it's because of you. It's because um, of you. Uh, you know, it's not. It wasn't going to suddenly. Uh, um, change for Lamar, uh, how things have been progressing this year. Uh, the only, I think the big surprise was Toyota, mm. uh, because they were the favored. Uh, Ferrari's been doing very well this year as well. And, uh, it, it um, you know, Porsche put out a video that Robert has showing right now on the, uh, on the, on the YouTube version. Um, I think it was called dreaming and it's like, obviously dreaming of a win. Um, this wasn't the year. Uh, but neither was the first year in 2014 for the 919. You know, they didn't win. Uh, so hopefully this is still part of the learning process in the first year. And they will um, get their act together in some areas and come back. Um, and so kudos to Ferrari. Uh, it was great to see uh, uh, their first overall win since 1965. That was sort of like a, a storybook, you know, event for them. Uh, it was great because one of their drivers, winning drivers, Antonio Giovanni, and uh, he was the former F1 driver, and he uh, his dream was to drive for Ferrari since he was young. I guess every Italian boy's dream is to drive for Ferrari and to be able to bring back a Le Mans 24-hour win uh, for the scooter, Scuderia was uh, certainly a dream come true. How how many times did you hear sort of the reference of you know the the team at Le Mans will kind of I wouldn't say rub it in the face, but like take it back to the other team that's responsible for F1. Like, <laughs> I saw some tweet that said, uh, is there any way possible to switch over the Lamar strategist and management and crew that's, that's over mean. to F1? That's so mean. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I can't tell you how many times I saw, saw references like that. Yeah. And I felt bad, uh, obviously for, uh, Penske, uh, Penske, um, motorsports because they really, uh, put a, uh, a tremendous effort with three cars um, to try to be competitive, but Lama is a very, very tough. It's more than just twenty four hours of racing. There's a lot of luck involved, and uh, I mean Toyota experienced this bad luck too. You know they yeah. uh, were were in an accident that took out their their leading car, and um, they had all sorts of issues. Porsche had mechanicals, uh, even the uh, Hertz, uh, the um, uh, the uh, independent team, the uh, Hertz Toyota team um they had a nasty nasty accident uh they were running i think at the end just to be able to um classify as finished but yeah i think i watched it uh up until uh midnight east coast time which is around six in the morning and 
things weren't looking good for Porsche. So yeah. when I woke up, I was praying that everyone else had even worse luck, but not not the case. And I guess kudos to Corvette, who in their last year, you know, the team has already announced that they're not going to run next year. We may see it as Pratt Miller, but the factory GM team isn't going to run. And uh, they beat everyone mm. in their final year. So, um, And what, what about the huge Camaro? They finished. Yeah, they that's, finished. That's I think thirty fourth. They had to put a new transmission in, uh, but uh, that's a the, huge the announcer feather said, in their uh, cap. That every every like three and a half minutes, uh, the uh, French crowd knew when it was coming by because that the stink V eight American sound going by. Uh, so I think that was a huge success because a lot of these garage fifty six entries don't finish mm-hmm. because they're you know, classified experimental. But uh, just imagine how many. Did. How many people they brought to, you know, the ratings with that car? Yeah, and what's cool was it wasn't, it was, you had a uh, Formula One uh, ex-champion, a NASCAR ex-champion, and a Le Mans 24-hour winner. So three three distinct disciplines of racing, uh, racing one unique car. So uh, to me, that's what's, uh, that's what is the fun of the, the Le Mans, 24 hours of Le Mans, that it brings together all these uh facets of racing and personalities and it was cool to see how incredibly crowded it was like motorsports is alive and strong there i mean it was yeah yeah it's it uh, packed and, and it was the 100th uh, anniversary not the 100th running i made that mistake i should have known better in one of my articles i wrote the 100th running was uh not the 100th because during world war ii there they, was some, uh, yeah they stopped uh, running the race um, but it's the 100th anniversary since the first one and it's um, you know, back then they were trying to prove that this new uh, this new uh, fangled thing called the uh, automobile was going to prove to be reliable and a new form of transportation. And now they're trying to prove that uh, hybrid and electric are going to be the new new technology. And uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see as uh, the uh, hypercars uh, start to continue to evolve and hopefully. Uh, Porsche goes back to their competitive ways. It was a goodbye uh, race for goodbye year for the RSR, the 991 RSR, and it finished third. Mm-hmm. The uh, Iron Dames finished, I think, less than 10 or 5 seconds. 10 seconds, I think 10 it was. seconds behind yeah. in fourth place. That was a heartbreak. They were leading the class, yep. and their pink RSR was hard to miss, and I was no. really rooting that they would be at the top of the podium. So close. Uh, but that, that wasn't the case. That's uh, crazy, right? 24 hours of racing and... Ten, comes down to 10 seconds like but you gotta love the fact that it was corvette Aston martin porsche three different auto manufacturers uh, that shows how competitive it's been how much um, participation they have from the uh from the manufacturers and that's what you need to keep the sport alive mm-hmm. all right so this would be a good time to just remind everyone uh robert if you want to throw up all the different newsletters heading over to pca.org and sign up for e-break news, performance news, and of course, Mark Fresh news. Let's uh, let's talk about the videos that dropped recently, a part two from Mr. Nathan Mers. He's just an idiot savant when it he comes is. to... <laughs> He's insane, <laughs> the details you can go I, into. I love watching it because uh, I, 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 I think everyone who watches it, they learn something new. And uh, yeah, it's, of course, everyone who watches it even if they don't aren't interested in a Carrera 3.2, you know, in the comments, they're all saying, can you do a video next on this? Can you do a video next on this? Um, 
and there's still a lot of cars that Nathan still has to. Uh, and what's amazing, he cover. does he does most of that with one take. I mean, he really you can mm-hmm. tell in the video that the gentleman that's filming him is filming him with a with an iPhone and a microphone. It's like a very basic setup, but the content is so amazing. I don't know about you, but uh, to me, it's incredibly hard to do it with the script. Um, if I had to memorize the script. That's why we're not in Hollywood. <laughs> I, I could. Yeah. I mean, when we do our one-mile reviews, it's yeah. all pretty sure. much. Uh, well, a, a perfect example of that cuff. is, the perfect example of that is, you know, the one-mile reviews we do off the cuff and it just kind of comes out. But that 30 seconds that I had to say at the at the auction, I actually wrote it out, you know, and sat there and tried to memorize it, blah, 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 like a like an actor would. And, like, I would flub it because I'm I'm trying to remember the line as opposed to just saying what I need to say. Yeah, when I was hard. president, I think one time I wrote a speech, which I never did. I did everything uh, off the cuff. And, uh, oh, I just I stumbled through that like someone who had never <laughs> given a speech before. And then I went to just uh, highlights, uh, just bullet points so I could remember. And, of exactly. course, one of them was, it was always at the bottom, remember to thank your wife and kids. <laughs> and, but everything else was things I wanted to cover in the speech. And, uh, yeah, some people are great at uh, – yeah, I have uh, – Respect for actors who can remember mm-hmm. their lines and then uh, also for uh, I th- those who can re- read a written speech like that and make it seem like they're not reading. A teleprompter. That. A teleprompter would be cool. I would be like uh, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> not the worst opposite of Ron. Ron read, read, read everything was on there. I would read ahead and go, what? <laughs> um, the, the other thing I loved about that, that video is you could apply a lot of what he's talking about, not to just the 84 to 89 careers that he's talking about. Like he was talking about, you know, how, how to look for masking marks and how people um, like reverse tape so that, you know, they, they can blend in versus having a hard line. And there's a lot of stuff. Just if you, you, you want to do semi your own pre-purchase inspection that you could watch us and do a pretty good job of checking a car out. Yeah, and I would tell people who use are using this as a guide, um, not to fall for. And a lot of a lot of people selling cars, especially some unscrupulous dealers, will say, "Well, you know, Porsche switches things mid year, and they don't tell anybody." Uh, yeah. By this time, they weren't doing major switching of. And yes, in the fifty six early days, they would change things uh, uh, midway, be if they found a better way to do some things, but. I think this is a great guide of um, how to tell, like, uh, a rocker panel finish, if it's, that it's not smooth, it's, like, textured, uh, whether it's been repainted or not. It's, um, yeah, a great guide on uh, if you can't afford to bring an expert like uh, Nathan along, uh, you can certainly educate yourself to become, there's a video pointing to the, uh, the different textured finish. uh, finishes, and what's, what's textured, what's not um so if you see that repainted, it's nice and smooth. That's how you know it's been repainted because it shouldn't be. Right, and he even pointed out like there should be texture underneath the edge yeah. of the fenders. And I can't remember we put it on there, but like it's you can uh, tell if the fender's been rolled or not. If you mm. you know you, if it feels like a little ledge, then it has been rolled. If you reach up and it's like folded in, it's been rolled. And these cars must have had dry ice done to them because the bottom of these cars look probably better than new i, I think nathan puts them on a trailer drives them around or his wife drives the car around and he sits in the car and that's <laughs> like it's because yes it, it's uh they're immaculate either that or washington state has incredibly clean roads no because they are just they don't leak oil and uh 
Good yeah. for him. So uh, this next uh, in the news portion of news, I didn't think I, I don't think I looked at this link. This was uh, something about a nine oh four on Yahoo News. Is that? Did I you... think it was a nine oh four that uh, the uh, one that, that, that was the highest selling. Oh, uh, the highest selling car. Okay, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. At the, the Broad Air auction. Yep, yep. And I got to uh, hear it run because it, it was inside uh, Friday, and of course to stage them out. Um, for Saturday, oh, it sounded so sweet, and there, it's just not, it's just it seems surreal. Like sometimes we're around this all the time, and people think that oh, you know, well, you're just around Porsches all the time. But still, to hear no, to hear a 904, to hear a Carrera GT start, like it's still just our jaws drop when we get to hear these. If things. If you want to get a group of people uh, to come running over, just turn a car on. Yeah. Yeah, especially a Porsche at a Porsche event, and people just automatically uh, gravitate toward that sound. And this next uh, item has to do with the Taycan, and uh, I see wings, and this looks like the <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously, with the Mission X, uh, they're saying that's going to be the um, Nurburgring killer. Uh, but before that, uh, I think Porsche is going to come back at Tesla, who now owns the record, and it's probably going to be uh, this Taycan that we've been seeing. Uh, uh, being tested at the ring, the uh, they're calling it the uh, Taycan GT, uh, unofficially, um, but that's uh, looks like a hot rod. Yeah, tri motor. It's um, it's big, the one rumored wing. to be the uh, interesting. Not center lock wheels. No, they. Uh, I think from the last set of spy shots, they have taken the uh, and and not ceramic uh, brakes. Yeah. Those are the Porsche surface coated brakes. Yes, which. Um, which is like the middle range, so to speak, right? That's not the top well, that's one. that's dustless, though. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. dustless, yeah. And they they only come on the SUVs and sedans. They don't put them on. Uh, Correct. They don't put on sports cars, and I never really got an answer to why that is. Because I know a lot of us would love I to have that option. I thought it was the weight. I thought, didn't the guy tell us that at the um, training center? We asked him why. It's only on sedan. I thought he said something about the weight. Um, I th- honestly, I think it's supply. Well, could be that would make I, I think not it's as romantic I, of it. Yeah, reason, but, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's supply with almost anything. Uh, yeah, as far as options go. Well, all right. So, how's Rensport coming along? Uh, it's um, on track. Uh, I would encourage uh, uh, people to uh, sign up to volunteer before all the volunteer spaces are filled up. You get a very cool, unique shirt that only volunteers get. And um, I've said it before, people. Spectators were trying to buy these shirts off the volunteers because you can't buy them anywhere. And we always make very cool uh, shirts for volunteers. You get a copy of the official poster and a great way to meet people uh, if you're new to the club. And if you're not new to the club, you can great way to see old friends or whatnot. It's not really a hard work. It's more socializing uh, while helping the club out, either parking cars or working in the uh, Porsche Plots area. Um, and I think the shifts are maybe three to four hours. And it goes by really quick. Um, Porsche sent us the list of legends who have RSVP'd. It's over 50, and it's very impressive. Um, I get the uh, enviable task of uh, picking my dream team of uh, legends I want to come over to uh, our to the tent, to the Porsche Plots tent to talk, and nice. we can pick them in pairs. So I'm going to try to do what Porsche did last time, which I really liked, was they picked, um, uh, like they brought the Tony Hatter, the designer, and Norbert Zinger, the mm-hmm. famous engineer. And the two of them has history because Tony designed the GT1 and Norbert was the engineer, racing engineer. 
and it was it was a great discussion about how the two of them worked together. You know, Norbert pretty much uh, butchering uh, Tony's initial design to make it uh, race worthy, and uh, you know how Tony worked with uh, Norbert's requirements for cooling and whatnot. Um, but it was a it was a great insight to how you know the artistry and engineering work together. Uh, they had uh, sent us drivers who raced at Le Mans in the fifties. And at the time running the 919 and how much has changed from the amount of team members to drivers, you know, used to be only two drivers at Le Mans. Now there's uh, three and, um, you know, what the drivers did before, uh, uh, during the, uh, during the race after, after their stint in the old days, they were helping out with the pit stops. Now, of course they go and they get refreshed. They get, mm-hmm. uh, liquids in uh, dinner, massage and all that. So it's a lot different than, uh, before, but it, those those presentations um, or discussions are to me the best part of Rensport because, as I said before, the cars will always be here, the drivers and the engineers and the personalities won't, and so to be able to hear the stories from the people who are there is uh, is priceless, and we don't know how much longer some of them are going to be with us. So, so speaking of uh, presentations, we might want to talk to Porsche about um, there'll be at least one car that's going to be released and you know that in the past we've been able to get that car over to yes the tent and them giving a presentation on it so hopefully that can happen uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they what they release if they release anything during monterey car week and what they release at ren sport um you know the rumor is the st is going to be one of those two events and the sc will be driving Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's one they should be able to bring to the tent and do a uh, a walk around description like they've done in the past. Uh, but we're gonna see those cars, uh, you know, go. We may see uh, the next generation nine nine two. That's the other one that's rumored to be uh, coming out soon. Um, and whether that's going to be a hybrid, you know, all all rumors. Uh, if you read, uh, uh, seem to indicate that it will be a hybrid. Of course. All these rumors also said that the ST would be uh, debuted on June 8th. And uh, <laughs> Porsche surprised us all with the with their Mission X. So uh, sometimes these rumors, are they don't have the best sources. So also, the um, you, you were talking about designers. And I think last time we talked about uh, Grant and uh, how he's moved over to more on the classic side. Um, do you, but do you know who, after... Grant sort of left his past apartment who moved into his place. Someone we know very closely. Think Interior, Career GT. It's um, not Christian. Uh, Thorsten. Thorsten Klein. Thorsten Klein, oh, yeah. Awesome. So um, I, I, I didn't realize. he's coming to Rensport. Uh, yes, he, yeah. he, he should be. So uh, big shout out to him and congratulations to him. But to see him kind of move up the ranks, that's pretty cool. That's uh, That'd be great. We've it, he always seemed like the junior designer yeah. uh, when Tony and uh, and Grant were there, and that's great. That uh, but he he that guy had so much enthusiasm for oh. the brand that uh, it made you feel great that uh, he was uh, designing cars because he was such an enthusiast. And for these guys, when they come to Rensport, they they are having as much fun as we are, uh, even though they're surrounded by this stuff every day. They're just uh, absolutely blown away by the history and by the cars and the people. And uh, the, the 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 biggest example this past weekend of that is once Grant landed at PEC and saw that early Boxster, he's like, "How can I bid for that?" 
<laughs> he's like, he's like, I have all older ones or ones that I've taken apart and this and the other, but I don't have a fresh, you know. You know. I, I think that was very well bought. I mean, yeah. um, I would be, to me, people would yell at me because I would drive it. Because I would uh, look at it. But as, I think you can drive it for a while without, you know, well, worrying I mean, about. But you're getting a new Porsche for yeah. a fraction of what new Porsches yeah. cost. And in, in the world of where everyone wants analog, yeah. this is a pretty analog car. Even if you drove it on all the nice weekends, I mean, how many mods are you really going to rack up on? And five years later, 10 years later, it's now a 10,000 mile car. That's if still like anything, a super it, rare. It would be like my i 14 the whole time you're answering when, when was it restored or when yeah. did you get it painted or. And it yeah. was that. And you know how sometimes when things are, you know, the, you know it's so original and it hasn't been used that sometimes it has like that milky kind of chalky powdery look on some of the rubber. That's how this was. Like they didn't clean it to make it look all original. They left it as it was <laughs> just, you know. My only concern was... would be uh, that rear window plastic, no matter how well you really, I don't think you can really feed the plastic so it's going to dry out. You know what? I didn't see the top up. Yeah, the top was down. Uh, that's my, yeah. and unfortunately, Boxster tops, you just can't replace the rear window. Yeah. You have to replace the whole top. So um, that would be the only uh, crushing part is that you would have to replace the whole top. And But that's unfortunately life with a convertible with the plastic window. So you know our, our members, uh, you know, Johnny Come Lately's, <laughs> oh, I finally decided I'm going to go to Rensport. So remind people what they can and cannot get for Rensport if they decide to go now. I think pretty much uh, the only thing, well, number one is rooms. Hmm. Uh, be prepared to stay an hour away. It's not a bad thing. It's nope. a great drive in and you're not by yourself. And, I, and I'll use this example. At the Sebring 12 hours, I stayed uh, an hour and 10 minutes away. And I thought, I'm, I'm such a schmuck. You know, I had to wait until the last minute to get rooms. And now i got to drive an hour and 10 minutes each way. And I check into this hotel uh, somewhere along uh, Route 17 on the way down to Sebring. And the next morning, I'm in the elevator. And I'm sharing the elevator with two teams running the 12 hours. <laughs> I told my wife, I'm like, well, I'm not the only one who waited until the last mm. minute. There's two teams the that are month. staying in the same hotel as I am. So, uh yeah, don't feel bad if you're staying over an hour away. You're not missing the action. That's just how widespread the um, the uh, spectators are staying at uh, at Rensport. So uh, find a place to stay, and uh, then you get your general admission ticket. Um, still I available. Believe, yes, general admission is still available. I believe hospitality is pretty much sold out. Um, and, but that's fine, general admission. There's not many grandstands at Laguna. A lot of it's just viewing areas. Mm -hmm. uh, there's great spots at the top uh, where the corkscrew is that's shaded. And you can sit there for hours watching the cars come down. Um, the other question I get is, can you only go one day? Yes, you can only go one day. Uh, don't be ashamed of God going four days if you're a Porsche fanatic because there's so much to see. You can't, so take, it. You can't take it in one day. No, my wife's coming. Uh, my wife is obviously we've been married for over 30 years and 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 she knew i loved porsche before we got married um she only comes to the track at the end of the day to see where we're going to go for dinner uh, she has her own thing she does uh, sightseeing going to the beach and that's perfectly fine because then i feel i don't feel uh like i'm um 
worried about her getting bored or anything. So if you bring your significant other who may not be a Porsche fanatic, you don't have to force them to come out to the track all four days. There's plenty to do around the Monterey Bay area that will uh, occupy any, anyone's time. It's not a, uh, not a boring place. But if you come out all four days, I'm telling you, you will not get bored. There's just so much to look at, so much to hear, and people to talk to. Uh, I've spent hours just in the parking lot talking to people before I realized, oh, my God, I got here in the morning, and now it's lunchtime, and we need to walk over. Uh, the slowest day is Thursday, um, and uh, uh, Thursday, then the second slowest time is probably Sunday after lunch, mm -hmm. and then maybe Friday. Saturday, without a doubt, is the busiest. That's really, really packed. But the bookend days are nice if you really want to get good photos and see things while they're being set up or taken down. Not a lot of people you have to bump into. It's I think it's worth it. Yeah, to, Thursday to, is the most relaxed day. Yeah. Um, Motor Trend is going to be live streaming the event uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, so uh, you know I, we have found that late in the past that Thursday is about fifty percent of the attendance of Saturday. So it's pretty um, pretty laid back. Um, but you know, you can see and hear all the cars running on the track and uh, I would encourage you to go, I think Tag Heuer might be the sponsor for the, uh, tent mm -hmm. where all the, um, top end race cars are housed. And if you go there in the morning and hang around, uh, you're going to hear 917s, 962s cold starting. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, memorable. If you've yep. never heard a 917 cold start. So I kind of feel like. I know everything about uh, Rensport and such, and I think I've told you that um, we're doing like a, it's my wife's birthday, a significant number, and we're going to England for a couple of days. But I, at the end, the tail end of our trip, I actually will be going to Goodwood. By yourself. Well, she's going to come along. She's going to come along. I think so. One? I think so. Does that mean because you have to go to Wimbledon? Well, the funny thing is she scored through this lottery thing center seats in the quarterfinals for Wimbledon. Well, seats on center court. Oh, what did I say? Center seats. Oh, well, yes. What what did you say? She got seats at center court. Oh, yes. That's court. it. The main court. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's a big deal. She's all super excited yeah, very about big it. big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the one that's going to be sitting next to her. She chose her tennis friend instead of me. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I would much prefer that her and her friend go enjoy it because it would be lost on me. So what are you doing while she and her tennis friend are watching? I'm Honestly, I'm hoping to connect with Porsche Club Great Britain and see if they've got anything going on then. Um, but then there's like a general day where I'll probably go in and just walk around and see what Wimbledon's all about. Maybe buy a tennis ball or something. And then I'm more looking forward to Goodwood because I really don't know what I'm getting into. Like This is the Goodwood Festival Speed? Yes. Okay. So not not the Revival, which is the so one. The difference for listeners who don't know it. Or revival is the one you've probably seen photographs where everyone's dressed like uh, the 50s. I so want to do that one. And uh, Yeah, I've had friends who go there and it's, they said it's very cool. I so want to do that the, one. The wives dressed up as uh, Pan Am flight attendants. And oh, they, really? I think they dressed up as uh, pilots. That's funny. And one of them was a real pilot. And um, the people dress up very, very... And, and evidently when you get there, there's uh, shops that you can buy vintage clothing if you want to participate and be part of that... Um, so I'm expecting Goodwood to be like a rent sport, but all makes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's and also you see a lot of cars debuting. And I think there's going to be a car debuting from Porsche there. And this is what month? 
July. July. So yeah, we may see the ST there. That may be the. Um, so I'll be the that. roving reporter, even though I'm not on the clock. I'm definitely going to bring all my stuff, and if I get a chance to yeah. get up close and personal with whatever they're revealing, you'll hear it here. I think it's a bucket list for uh, um, uh, motoring enthusiasts. Um, I, I like to see how long it takes to get there from London, and you mm-hmm. know, you see these places and you wonder, is this a short drive? You got to. Like Watkins Glen is not a short drive from anywhere, I don't think. And I don't know if I'm even driving. Like, so when we do stuff for PCA, I know all the details, and obviously Melanie keeps me in check, and I know every like hour of what I'm doing. But when it comes to family vacations and stuff, I have no clue. But who's who's arranging how you get to Goodwood? Uh oh, so Luann's doing all the stuff for her side, and then uh, Portia is uh, oh. arranging for for us to be at Goodwood. Well, pretend you don't have the power of asking Porsche to do this for you, yeah. and then find out how you. Uh, yeah, your name isn't Bouguin. How do you get? To, yeah, your name's Manny Alvin. How do you get to the good one? Yes, yes. So um, excited about that. Anything else before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, oh, so, we. I have to say, so we're going to be at parade, obviously, um, and lots of content's going to come out of that. Yeah, we're so gonna you're be- listening to this uh, uh, on the Monday. Uh, that means uh, it's Concord Day at Concord Parade. Day. Yep. And, uh, and oh my God, it's going to be hot out there. <laughs> so I was looking at did Have you been looking at the forecast? It's supposed to be like 90 something, right? Yes. But 90 something dry heat is not that bad. Okay. I tell you what, you <laughs> stay out there and we'll see how long you can stay out there in, uh, in dry right. 90 degree heat. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see about this dry heat. Uh, but starting Wednesday, uh, for you all who li- are listening that uh, maybe not. Uh, aren't coming to parade uh check out our youtube channel uh because we will have um live uh, stream tactics live sweet uh on wednesday i believe it's at one o'clock uh so this would be pacific time mm-hmm. um at, at one o'clock pacific time so we'll have for Alan springer this was the episode that, that he couldn't make uh a few months ago and that we're going to do um about his book and about his career and he has some uh good stories and he asked if he could be brutally honest, and I said, yes, of course. Do you have your list of questions already? I'm finishing them up. He, he awesome. told me to give him the list of questions so he can remember. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure you can remember all these uh, these questions from the book. Um, then Thursday, uh, we're going to pick uh, probably four cars from the uh, attendees, and Nathan is going to do his What's My Porsche Worth? And it'll be the third year we've done this. So he always uh, a popular he, he goes episode. over exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a, a live audience goes over to cars, and then uh, Friday we're doing um, tech tactics. I haven't picked which ones we'll do actually live, but once again, if you're not a subscriber, uh, I would subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's free, uh, but that way you get notifications of when these um, are scheduled for and uh, and when they're when they're coming up. Or also subscribe to our Instagram page, Porsche Club of America, and our like our Facebook page because. It's all be uh, reminders that these um, these special events from Parade are coming. And then some of them we're going to replay later on in the year uh, as we go along. But, uh, yeah, we'll be showing a lot of content from uh, from Parade for those who uh, aren't lucky enough to be, uh, be and, part of it. And this will be Bogdan's first Parade, so I'm sure he's going to probably burn up tons of, of memory cards and... and uh... Yes, he's planning to hit the hot tubs. I think there's 40 pools there. <laughs> hot tubs. <laughs> All right. So also remember, after, quickly after parade, registration opens for Treffen 
Gateway to the West, which uh, the event itself is September 20th to 24th. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're planning and want to go to that Treffin, make your decisions, go through the website early, know what you want so that when the registration opens, you can fill it out very quickly and then check out almost immediately to secure your spot for that because it will go very quickly. You're not, are you ready to announce Unstock yet or not yet? Uh, we are having Unstock. I just don't know the location okay. yet. We've got a couple of locations in mind. So Unstock uh, will no happen. Oh uh, yeah, November the Sunday before Tech Tactics West. I think it's November, so week 12th, before Tech Tactics. The week before Tech Tactics. Okay. Yep, and of course Tech Tactics West will be happening. Um, what else was I going to say in between there as well? So we have we have the open house. Open house. Oh, Works Reunion Monterey. Hello, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Works Reunion Monterey registration is currently open. We'll be at the Monterey Pines Golf Course. Looking forward to seeing everyone there. All always a huge event. And shout out to Bruce Canapa, who's going to be uh, housing our Project 964. Yes, thank you, sir. That's coming out. Uh, it's on the way out right now to uh, Parade, where it'll be there for a week in hospitality. Then it's uh, going uh, to Bruce's place, and then we're going to drive it down for Works Reunion, take it back, and drive it back down for Rentsport. And then Reliable will pick it up and take it down to L.A. for... Um, Unstock in November, and then it comes back here. Comes back home for a final. Um, on this week's e-break, so by the time you read this, you can check the webpage. It's either Project 964, uh, it's Project German, so it's with the J-E-K-T, 964.org, um, uh, or you just go to PCA.org. I think it's will probably be on the front page. Uh, uh, update article and everything we've done and uh, the sponsors who have helped us. Um, it's looking fantastic. Yeah, the, the car looks, from a long, long way yeah. um, between the ceramic coating, the from, wheels. The from seats. the day that we got it, you know, I think people in the know would say it was probably a forty thousand dollar car just because it had a VIN. But to most people, they would have thought it was a ten to twenty thousand dollar car, all beat up and left, left for gone. Um, but now, I mean, it looks six figures easily. Yeah, yes, it's a. Uh, with an RS build, uh, with but with an eye on everything could be unbolted and returned completely back to stock if necessary. Um, but it looks uh, it looks very sharp. It's running well. It's got uh, the classic radio. It's got the new seats. It's uh, for those in the West Coast. Uh, hopefully, you get to see it in person and uh, let us know what you think about and it. And the air conditioning works, believe it or not. Uh, at Speed Motors had it, and I asked them just take a peek at the air conditioning. I'm not expecting miracles. And uh, they charged it up and ran it, and they said it's, it's holding for 24 hours and the same pressure. And I drove it back to the office, and it was nice cold air. Nice, nice. All right. So thank you for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN handy. We'll get you set up. If you don't own a Porsche, we have the test drive program. We'll help you find your uh, dream car. Uh, remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, Behind the Scenes Photos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can always message us at podcast at PCA.org. We love seeing your comments. Be sure to hit the like button. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. We're getting so close to, I think, 75,000 subscribers, which is a nice uh, marker for us on our way to 100,000. Um, stay in touch. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road.